All right. Uh, hey, welcome to Learning to Talk podcast, video, however you're consuming this. Thanks for being here. My name is Matt. This is Zach. This is Cam. And we're here to learn to talk together. We're right now in the midst of a few episodes of talking about each other's stories and answering the question, why am I in ministry? If you missed last week's episode, month, I don't know how often we're releasing these yet, but if you missed the last episode, I shared my story about why I'm in ministry today. We're going to talk to our friend, young Cameron Bushy Mm -hmm. about why Cam are you in ministry? So, uh, why are you in ministry, Cam? I, I mean, I feel yeah. like, okay, that was a really awkward trying to get into a question. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. It was you a know? little try hard. Uh, it was a little try hard. We're still getting used to this to this thing, right? Yeah, I just stay quiet until <laughs> <laughs> I know what to say. I envy you, my friend. Um, <laughs> Some of us have to talk through it <laughs> to get there. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing I make it through things. Like, I, I don't know. It's weird, like, talking in this sort of medium where we have people listening, but you're not in front of us is weird. Like I'm used to, you know, I'm pastor and I, I, I preach regularly and being in front of a group of people, an audience will say is very different than talking into the ether. So dude, this is all I do is talk to nobody and that <laughs> nobody is like 3000 people. That's what I do. Yeah. Like yeah. literally like, the whole YouTube thing, I I will talk to a million people this way. But I hate talking in front of real people. Yeah. Even though they are real people. Yeah, but it's, you're not, there's no like back and forth. You're not feeding off of energy. Like I, re- I remember when COVID hit, we had to go online only for church and we were recording sermons like in our offices. And I remember recording a couple sermons, especially the first couple, and just feeling so stuck and so scripted because I don't know, being on stage, there's more flow. You can kind of like roll with things, say something funny and like play with that. But, but when you're doing it on recording, it's like you have to, I felt like I had to be perfect mm. or else I failed. So I didn't know how to deal with that. The reason I am way more comfortable doing something like this and being in front of people is because I feel the complete opposite of what you just said. I feel like I can be completely imperfect this way. And I feel like I have to be imperfect. Like I have to be perfect when I'm in front of people mm. because I have full control right now of what people see. So you're in here. You have control issues is what I'm hearing. You <laughs> have control <laughs> issues. Yeah, we've already established this. <laughs> That's episode 32, remember? <laughs> we established this last episode. <laughs> I'm projecting onto you, Cam. Just let me project. <laughs> no, so, but you see what I'm saying? I have <clears throat> absolute, you have absolute control right now. So why would say, you have any... Say that to me again. <laughs> so why... <laughs> so why... Yes! <laughs> oh, I feel the power! <laughs> anyway, I, I feel way more comfortable doing this than I would being in front of real, like, real humans in the moment live. Like, actually, oh, that's an interesting concept, though. Live streaming to a bunch of people? Let's talk about that offline. Okay, anyway. Um, yeah. Why am I in ministry? No, I'm going to ask you. All right, ask me. I'm in control. <laughs> Zach should ask. Yeah, so I only really like talking when I have my guitar in my hand. So this is all of that's out of. Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, oh, my comfort is, zone. We're going to talk about but, that at some point. But we're here to talk about why are you in ministry today, Kim? Okay. So I am in ministry because I was invited, hmm. which I think is really important. But I'm going to start my little spiel way before I was invited and start by saying I've been a Christian my entire life and I've been following the Lord since I was 14. Wait. Yeah. How is that possible? How can you? Yeah. Tell me that. Okay. We can all talk about this, but here's how my life worked. I grew up in a Christian home. Jesus has always been a part of my life. Like we've always gone to church. We've always talked about Jesus. We've always like done all of the Christian (coughs) things. Right. But I never like I was baptized when I was 10 because it's the Christian thing to do. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I was 14 in 2013 that I decided to follow the Lord. 
I was just kind of being a Christian before. And and that included, like, I didn't swear much. I Unlike now, you sailor. Yeah, unlike <laughs> now, man. But, like, I, I made conscious decisions of what a Christian would do because I was a Christian. So you were... You were reared in this Christian tradition. Yeah. And you went with that because that's what you knew. Yep. But at that moment when you said yes to following Jesus at 14, you said? 14. Like, that's a totally different ballgame. Totally different ballgame. Yeah. Totally different. Yeah, everything's different. And and we'll talk about, we'll get to that point. Yeah. Anyway, so what's kind of interesting is even before that point of when I decided to follow the Lord... I was making Christian decisions, right? Like, like, um, except for fourth grade, fourth grade, I was a disaster. Um, dude, fourth graders, they're brutal. So I, I, so I went to a private school. Always smoking weed and yeah, shooting dude. heroin. Yo, I, no, I'm like, I'm not, I'm actually not even kidding. <laughs> oh man. I said it was a joke. <laughs> middle, middle schoolers. Yeah. It's that's rough. a thing now. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like, like, like drugs are a thing in middle school. Which is terrifying and sad and all of those things. Anyway. Is fourth grade middle school? No, it's not. Okay. Sixth grade is. But um, so fourth grade, I was just a disaster because that was the first year that I went to public school. I was at a private school going to uh, a place we're very familiar with. But I, I went to private school at North Ave. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. So anyway, I, was, I went from private school. So very Christian, <clears throat> right? Like you just do the Christian, like we had a Bible class in school, right? That's like, for some people, that's probably very strange. And once I went to public school and then you, you get into like the whole like evolution and all, like all of that stuff, right? Where my first few, arguably the most foundational years of my life were just very different. They were very Christian. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then like the personal relationship came when I was 14. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best way to describe that in a nutshell. Anyway, when I started following the Lord, I was 14, which it was the summer between eighth grade and freshman year. Right. So I was, I was right going into high school. Now what's cool about that is obviously growing up as a Christian, you have that foundation of like, I had some biblical knowledge already, um, all that stuff. And I'm, ve- I'm very thankful that I had those things um, when that moment came when I was 14. And we can get into that part if we want, but I don't think that's really the point of what yeah, we're just talking keep about. Going. Yeah. yeah. So I think like, you know, we talk about like, why am I in ministry? You, I feel like you expect to talk about like calling and, and, and what that looks like. And, and I think God calls his people to do certain things in certain ways for certain reasons. Right. And now for me, I have always been a very, very passionate person. I, I just, I'm, I'm just a passionate person. Like I get passionate about anything and everything. And like when I take something on, I'm all in. Yeah. Right. That, that for me has been like when it was young of skateboarding, I was all in scootering, all in dirt bikes, all in, cameras then came later i was all in do you get do you get passionate about things that are i mean not just things you're doing but things that are just totally stupid like a tv show you're watching or yes and like you're only certain, asking me that because you know that or like a certain <laughs> or like a certain brand of seltzer or you know things like that, that. isn't coconut yeah Coconut LaCroix is the worst. Give coconut another <laughs> chance. It's great. Anyway, yeah. No, I'm just a passionate person. Does that but ever get in the way of things? Being very passionate about things? Yeah. Probably. I don't know if I have a clear example of... But probably. I can't think of, of, of what that would look like necessarily. Um, All right. Well, that was a fine... <laughs> that was a good question. I just don't know what to do with it. That was a great question. I don't know what to do with it. So I guess that's a me issue. But it's not a me issue, so it's a yeah, me okay. issue. Um anyway, I've just always been very passionate about things. I think I got that point across. Yeah. Um, and ministry was one of those. I think like when I started following the Lord and I because like when I started following the Lord, I had a moment, right, where that all came to be. Um I'm just gonna brush over it or else it isn't gonna make sense. 
this was the time I was, long story short, obsessed with screamo music, mm. of all things. Under Oath? Uh, we Came as Romans was like, okay. my, were my people. Um, I've played drums my whole life. I've played drums longer than I've done. I've been passionate about drums longer than anything I've done ever. I started playing drums when I was five, and I still play drums. Not a lot of people even know that, but, you know. Oh, okay, so this is how something with being passionate about things can get in the way of things. Tell me. I'm passionate about way too many freaking things. <laughs> I, I feel like I, I'm, you know, you ever heard the, like the statement of um, the one who does everything masters nothing? Yeah. yeah, jack of all trades, master of none. I am that. Yeah. I feel like I am that. Like, I, I often think, and, and this is just a way, This maybe this is an issue in and of itself, I don't know. I'm not trying to make this a therapy session. But <laughs> I often look at, like, filmmakers and, like, comparing myself to others, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, man, if I didn't do all these other things, I would be there. Yeah. And for better or for worse, just that's like, that's who I am. I'm just all in when I do things and I do a lot of things. The main things right now being ministry, dirt bikes and filmmaking. Those are my main the, passion driven. That's every boy's dream. Those three things. It, it is for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived the dream and my opinion, you know, like I'm super thankful for yeah, it. It's awesome. But, uh, anyway, so ministry quickly became one of those things because of what God did in my life. Basically like, Obsessed with screaming music. I went to this Christian conference called Life. Um, Life conference. The CNMA puts it on. And I was over. I, I was in a group of guys. They were all older than me because this was my freshman year. I was going into my freshman year of high school. I was with all these upperclassmen, which is a big deal when you're a freshman. And basically there was a sermon happening. I didn't hear any of it because I just was like replaying these songs in my head. Just like humming to myself, whatever. Not paying attention. After the fact, all of these people, upperclassmen dudes that I, of course, looked up to just because they were older than me are like bawling their eyes out after. And then I'm, I'm, I'm there sitting like, what did I miss? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, and then I realized that I didn't know what was happening because there was so much screaming in my head. Mm. And then I, and, and, and just that giant distract distraction i guess and then i came to a moment where i was like i can't stop it i can't make the screaming in my head stop essentially and we're in this group in this giant auditorium um, <clears throat> convention center deal with all these dudes crying i have no idea why and i was just like like god just if you could take this take it and it was like drowning and then finally reaching the surface and taking a breath for the first time. Hmm. Anyway, so that's like, that was like the moment that I refer to. So is it instantaneous? Like you felt that? Yeah, it was pretty. Quietness? It, yeah, come? it was unbelievable. I, I don't know how to describe it other than like just a weight being lifted off your shoulders. Like physically and emotionally, I guess. Just like when you're a kid, you can't tell me the bully never just like held you underwater at the pool. Has that ever happened to either of you? In a sense, yes. Yeah. For me, not. that bully was my brother holding me under the water, <laughs> okay. but that like you screw around and like all this yeah. stuff and like whatever. And it's like, if you're under there, imagine yourself being held underwater and one more second is lights out and then you can just come out and like, that's what it felt like. Um, and yeah, the screaming stopped basically and it hasn't come back, which is fantastic. That's awesome. Have, have you like, after that moment, did you like talk to anybody about that or process that with anyone? Well, so that the was the that? next, that was the next big part of my story. Oh. And I, and I don't. Okay. And I'm not <laughs> trying. <laughs> Sorry to jump the gun on no, you. No, that's okay. <laughs> uh, no, like, but again, this is my testimony, which I guess it has to do with why I'm in ministry. So it, this is on topic still. Yeah. Um, I, like I was kind of hunched over in my chair when all of this was happening. And when I felt that relief or whatever, I leaned back and my head hit my brother who was not in the circle. And my brother and I didn't really have a relationship. He's a couple years older than me. 
we just hate each other. Um, <laughs> just say it blunt. And yeah. and he wasn't even in the room. He was like down. Like basically, what happened is like our church was had a room assigned to us in this convention center. And after this talk, we were all supposed to go there. But a group of these upperclassmen guys stayed in the big room. And I just found myself there in that group while my brother was gone. And it was one of those things where like, I I know like the Lord orchestrated my brother being there. Right. Um, where that is kind of where he and I became to have a relationship. And I'm 14. He's 16. Right. So. So, Yes. <laughs> Okay, I need, I need you to explain it a little. Like, you lean back, he's physically behind you. Yeah, he's literally just like there. Out you of hit nowhere. him. Yeah. And then what? How did the your relationship begin in that moment? Well, it was like, one of those things where like, as you said, it was like, who do you go and talk to? It was him, of all people. It wasn't anybody at the circle. Like, he literally wasn't even at the circle. He just like showed up. So okay. it, was, it was a lot that kind of came together in one moment, if that makes sense. And you kind of told him that... Yeah, I was like, yeah, this is what just happened. This was... Yeah. Yeah, and he was like, I just felt like I was supposed to come down here kind of thing. Hmm. You know what I mean? So... Was he... Sorry. Is your... I mean, I don't want to you talk about your brother if it's not okay, but was is he like follow Jesus? Is he... Yeah. Where's he at at that moment? Is this... Is this all so foreign to him or is this like... Of course this happened because God made it happen. I think this was a definitely like an a pretty big moment for him too. Okay. In, in my perspective. Um, and he and I haven't talked about it in a while, but he was definitely like, kind of like why, like he, he just felt like he needed to be there and he didn't really know why either kind of thing. So it was a cool moment for both of us. I think what were we going to ask? That's awesome. Uh, and, and so you explained that moment where you called out to God Mm-hmm to to stop the screaming in your head the feeling of drowning yeah. and him meeting you in that place and silencing the screaming as the starting point of your relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um and that that led into the worst year of my life. The year I started following the Lord was the worst year of my life. Which is a whole nother. I feel like I want to talk about that but I don't know. Well, like, so if it's, it's going to answer the question, it's, it's the first, it's a first episode of the learning how to walk podcast. So it'll be there. So if you want to hear Kim's <laughs> full story, check out learning how to walk podcast, wherever pods are cast. Right. So the way, and whenever that gets posted, the, getting back to the reason of why I'm in ministry, that obviously has a huge part in it. Gosh, I want to talk about all that stuff with you. I know we should. Let's freaking talk about it. Maybe no, not right keep now. Keep going. Keep going. But we keep should going. talk about it. Um, Like, Maybe you should interview me when we. Anyway, keep, just keep. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, sorry, I'm, now I'm thinking out loud. Um, but why I'm in ministry obviously comes to that moment because, like me being a very passionate person, I'm like, wow, look at what God just did in my life. Right, and then the rest of my story is a whole a whole roller coaster in and of itself. But it's like. God's real and he's there. What else to be passionate about? Right. So as far as ministry, what that looked like immediately was relationships with people around me. Like I in high school, because remember this was going right into high school. High school is a very interesting time. I think for everybody, a lot of things change, all this stuff. I had a very interesting friend group situation Um, like none of my friends followed Jesus or anything like that. Um, I lost a lot of friends freshman year. Um, because that, that was really, that was also really when I started to like, not like school at all. And I just wanted to get out of there. So I kind of like isolated myself and stopped talking to myself, but stopped talking to myself, stopped talking to other people. (laughs) And like, by the end of high school, I had a very different group of friends. Um, and we like lived on mission together, which was really cool as a tight knit group. And we'll get to that. But um, what ministry looked like for me and like what I felt the quote unquote call was. And again, I think that call was like me being passionate about the relationship that I now had with Jesus. With, with Jesus. Okay. And, and that's why I kind of think it's, it's not like I had some voice, whatever. Like I think me being a passionate person, having this relationship 
to now be excited and passionate about is why I started living on mission in ministry or whatever. And immediately that just looked like in high school of me just having relationships with, with people. Like I, I just have a heart for people who are alone. I just have a heart for those people. I remember like one of one, one a story from high school that just kind of like sums up what high school looked like for me is I was sitting at a table um, at the rink, which I went to Essex high school. So like you could eat in the cafeteria or you could eat in the ice rink building that had like better food in my opinion. Hold and, on. What? Your high school, a lot of, I live in Burlington, Vermont. We don't have an ice rink attached to our school. Yeah. We, we have, have the, we have the best school. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Was, <laughs> and during school hours, you could buy food at the rink. Yeah. Food was, place. Yeah. It was like sick. Fried like chicken fingers. What are it we was talking like, about here? It was like burgers and fries and were, it was just way better than the cafeteria. I, I never ate in the cafeteria in high school. Yeah. I always went to the rink every single day. It was like what the cool kids did also. Like the cool kids went to well, the if rink. the cool kids are there, Kim Bushy's going to be <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know me, bro. Um, Mr. Popular over here. So anyway, like I... Is this... Wait, just pause. Is this like <laughs> the cool kids, like when you're in band, you think the band kids are the cool kids? No, no, no. Um, I think like... No, like, like definitely... The cool kids, or, or are these those middle school kids that we were talking about earlier that are I think it's doing a, heroin? In fourth grade. <laughs> I think it's more of like the people that are still in the cafeteria are not considered to be the popular ones. Okay. And I just bashed a lot of people. <laughs> and I don't mean to do that. Sorry, anybody who ate in the cafeteria. It's we are in the presence <laughs> of a one of the cool kids in high school. Oh, man. Ice <laughs> rink eater. Yes. Yeah, I, mean, I was Whoa. homeschooled. So. Yeah, well, there you go. Anyway. I would have been in the cafeteria. <laughs> Why was I even talking about the rink? Because it's... Oh, oh yeah, this is a story. Because it's story. ridiculous. Okay, can I get back to this? I don't even know why. We did not need to go on that tangent. Um, yeah, we did. Okay, so I was sitting in a booth, and this this kid who was just notorious for being the punching bag, and he was the punching bag because everybody loved him, but he was just, like, not socially, like, equipped, if that makes any sense. I, it, yeah. yeah does that make sense what do you think that was a result of him being the punching bag and like probably he was also like like he was just kind of the guy where just like sucky stuff happened to him all the time well and it was like sounds like sucky people did sucky things to him well not necessarily it would be like everybody's like doing one thing and then he does it the first time and gets in trouble for it and nobody else got in trouble it was like it was like one of those kind of th- anyway yeah. th- point being I'm at this table with like all these people and there he's sitting alone, which again, that I just don't, that was like kind of my way. I just don't, that can't happen. And I was just like, Oh, like, Hey, like, like come sit with us or whatever. And I like made my friends squeeze in. And one of my friends was like, wow, you're really Christian. <laughs> like, and that's just like, and was this friend, uh, someone who you went to church with? No. So, okay. No, just some random. Just a random dude? Yeah, okay. just some random guy. And he, he just said that, and I just thought it was funny. Because, like, that is kind of just, like, what ministry looked like for me right after in high school. Was just having relationships with people. And I had this heart that just said, like, I can't let somebody sit alone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, So, you know, you mentioned you had a group of friends who were all living on mission together, right? Yeah, that was with- more senior year. Was it this? Was, were you all doing the same kind of thing? Like you, you specifically have a heart for lonely kids, so you did think something like that. Were your other friends that were part of this missional group, we'll call it, was it the same manifestation of that for them, or did that look different? It definitely looked a little different. So what happened with us, like kind of group of friends or whatever, is, um, what's is it junior year and then senior year? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well. <laughs> yeah i don't know it, whatever anyway so <laughs> we like my junior year is when that kind of friend group started and these were people who i knew had gone to church and i was not a middle school youth group guy i was not a high school youth group guy i did not go on my own will to those things um and that's a whole nother conversation but i just think they're kind of done stupid 
And I still think that. Like, yeah, show up, play games, have a snack. Yeah, Here's I, a message. Like, see you later. I, when you're a high schooler, you're not like, no, I'm not going to go do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, that sounds ridiculous. And my f- parents never forced me to do those things. I think that's like a lot of people show up there because they have to. Um, mm. Anyway, that all changed. Now, like a couple years into having a relationship with God, all this stuff, I was like, I need to help lead this thing. And that's where that tight knit friend group kind of came from because we were all like helping out with what was called summer kids week. This used to be a thing that we, our church did like a VBS kind of thing. Yeah. 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 It was, yeah exactly. Just a, it was diff- a week just long. Just a cooler name. Way cooler. Summer name. kids week. Yeah. And we were all volunteering. I was volunteering as a tech guy, of course. Um, just like running sound in the gym or whatever. Nerd. Yep, total nerd. And then like this group of us like went out to eat after on the last day. And then we all had this moment of this conversation where we were like, I didn't know there were other people who thought like me. Like in high school. It was awesome. (laughs) It was so cool that I like we all kind of at the same time found each other and we're like, wow, I didn't know like other people were serious about this. So you guys weren't friends really to that point. No, we all knew each other. But but you were just like, yeah, whatever. Didn't talk. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Oh, it's so cool. I've heard that sort of thing a lot. Like kids, you know, know, I used to do youth ministry and I'd hear from my kids in my student ministry that be like, Hey, I met this guy who goes to this other church. I never knew he went to the church, you know? And like, I never knew he was a Christian. And I just like, how much more awesome would it be if that stuff came out sooner for kids just to like, who are navigating that as young people? Like so cool. And I just realized I jumped the gun in my story. I need to back up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Freshman, sophomore year is when I got invited to do ministry. That's going to be my next question. Because you started with, yeah, I why am I in ministry? I was invited. But yeah. Where's the invitation? So that's what, again, but in high school, that is what ministry looked like, is I just had a heart for people <clears throat> all of a sudden, <clears throat> which I didn't have prior. But like, it was more of like, I want <clears throat> friends to be cool. And now it's like, I need to be friends with people who don't have them. That's kind of like how it immediately started. Now, I decided in eighth grade, this was before I even had a relationship with the Lord, actually, that I was going to go to college for filmmaking. Well, I didn't go to college for filmmaking, but I decided that's what I was going to do with my life is I'm going to be a filmmaker. Yeah. Another thing I was really passionate about. Anyway, our church our local church that I now work at. We'll get to that. But they did video pretty well. And like the the cameras were up on these pedestals. One was like way up high, like overlooking the whole auditorium. And like there were video directors. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Right. And essentially what happened and that was since I was a little kid, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And like one of my family friends basically was like really involved in all of that. I thought that was super cool. I thought he was super cool. He's like four or five years older than me. I just thought he was awesome. Still do just to clarify, cause he's going <laughs> to listen to this. But anyway, um, we were doing Easter at UVM and we, it was two services with thousands of people at each service. So Easter at University of Vermont. Yeah. Because why? Because we didn't have enough room. Got it. At Essex. Like we just needed more space for people or else we'd be doing like 12 services. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, huge production, right? Like, like we brought in everything stage. We did. So this was years ago. It was HD cameras at UVM. <laughs> we had, while we had SD cameras at Essex, like oh. s- Sunday to Sunday. Oh baby, this is right when like we we opened a video cafe at um, our local tr- at Essex. Like um, so, we had like our little broadcast room or whatever, our overflow room. So that's when like video really started to take off there, and it was like more than just like recording the sermon to put mm-hmm. on a mm-hmm. tape, <laughs> you know. Like um, anyway, so UVM comes around. Easter, all this stuff, and my buddy calls me, Andy, who, you know, his family's been really involved in all this stuff, and he's like, hey, my brother was running camera. This this is the morning of, by the way, 
or maybe it was the night before Easter. I think it was the night before Easter. It was like, hey, uh, my brother's super sick. Can you come and run camera? And I was like, finally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like I like I didn't know how to get like I just I wanted to do this so bad. And then he finally just like invited me to come and do it. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I can do it now. Right. So anyway, they had a rehearsal the night before I went completely overwhelmed because I mean, it's this is like the production, not to mention it's iMag. So everybody sees exactly what you're shooting while you're shooting it. iMag just means image mag- magnification, which like if you've been in a church where you see what's happening on stage on screens, so that's what that is versus just recording something to go to a different room. Right. I never would have known that. You're welcome. This is my job. Thank you. Okay. So, <laughs> so it was iMag, which is even more intimidating because like all this stuff. And that's where I met this guy named Travis. Travis was a tech director at our local church. I had never seen him before in my life. Um, and he just kind of like brought me on or whatever showed me how to do it he's like I, I like brought some of my own camera gear because like i had a little bit and i was like it was the dumbest setup you were ever. nerding out yeah i was you like were so stoked on that <laughs> and anyway <laughs> we did that and it went awesome and then he was travis who was tech director was like hey do you want to like do this i was like yes i've been waiting to do this and he's like really <laughs> you know what i mean um Anyway, I don't want to skip too far ahead. We can talk about that process, but full circle, I'm now Travis at that church. You've legally changed your name. I'm now Travis, yeah. (laughs) No, but like, it's just such a full circle moment. And like where I'm at in ministry now is because I was invited. And like I, another big part about the ministry thing that we can talk about or not is like the difference between inviting somebody and asking somebody to do things i'd love to hear your thoughts on that okay all right cam what's the difference do you think in your experience of inviting someone versus asking someone okay now and this is ministry and this is my i'm speaking from my experience in ministry all right okay i get asked to do things all the time i i don't want to throw a blanket statement at all but like I've been a part of many, many, many ministries that see people with talent and just it's like, oh, you have talent and you love Jesus. Well, you're going to do everything for me then because that's what you should be doing because you love Jesus and you're talented. That is very different, right? Than like inviting somebody into something. Does that make so, no sense at all? So when you say like that first part, the asking, mm. I'm getting a sense it's almost like, hey, I want to take advantage of you and use you. It's not. I mean, I'm sure that's not the intention. But is that how you feel on that end of yeah. it? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's the difference between asking for something and inviting you to participate in something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, like, yeah, and, I, and that stinks because you have a. A skills and B equipment, yeah, to do things that ninety nine point nine percent of people don't have either of those. Yeah, and you I, are, and that's high value to the church and to ministries, but it's also high value to you because it's not just. I mean, it's your livelihood. Well, so that's the thing. Like, like that, this conversation makes a lot more sense to see where I am now. Yeah, six or seven years later. Right, because now this is my business, all this stuff. And it's like, um, and now it's really like a, hey, can you do this? And can you do this for free? You should do it for free because you love Jesus. <clears throat> when that's not like, like, do you know what I mean? So what's the, what's okay. the line? I know you do, but I, yeah. I want to explain it better. What, I just don't know how. <laughs> where do you see the line um, for, maybe it's even just for yourself, but for anybody who's sort of in a similar position of giving and serving versus being taken advantage of or used, hmm. you know, for your skills. Cause like you can have uh, a ministry call you up and say, Hey, 
I need this. Can you do it? And then you could like quote them a price and then they could give you a guilt trip about doing it for free. You know, well, here's the thing. I think what muddied those waters for me is when I became paid staff. Explain why. So, because everything was free until I got paid. Yeah. And then it became really difficult. Also, like, this is when I'm getting older. Now I'm not in college. Now I'm like, where am I going to, what am I going to do with my life? Am I going to start living somewhere? I don't, and then I was like, I don't make any money. Like, (laughs) and this is also my business, right? So it's like, um, I think it's, it's kind of almost hard to answer. And I, and it's, and I think it's hard to answer because it's still something that I'm grappling with. I'm still trying to figure out where that line is, right? Where it's like, we're doing this thing right now. We're doing learning how to walk. We're making videos, all this stuff. This is a passion driven. I feel like I'm called to do this. We're doing it right Mm. now. But if somebody asked me like, Hey, can you come? make this video just like a company would ask me to to do make a promo video on this event we have coming up or whatever and will you do it for free well no (coughs) right this is like that's what i do for a living is make promo videos for people and companies or whatever (coughs) you know what i mean it's it's a very sketchy line and honestly where i've drawn that line now for better or for worse (laughs) is like Pretty much if somebody comes to me requesting a service that I get, that is my business, then they're going to pay for it. I'm not going to do it for free. You know what I mean? I I, I think where that's kind of headed now for me, and again, I'm still figuring this out. I'm only so many years into this. Um, But like what is done for free typically is has me leading it does that make sense you're yeah. you're looking at me like it doesn't no yeah that makes um, yeah makes sense i'm just waiting for you to get back to to get back to what? something else okay <laughs> he's just waiting to talk are you sa- at all satisfied with that <laughs> yeah i think what i'm hearing you say is like if if it comes from your passion and initiative you're gonna do it because you're a passion-driven person if someone comes to you and says, Hey, I want this to be done. Even if it's a ministry within the church that you're also salaried with or get paid to, I don't know if you're salary or not. Yeah. Don't tell me the details of your paycheck. I wasn't planning on it. I'd like to see it though. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, What was I saying? Oh yeah. Initiative passion. That's how you're driven. But if it's someone saying, Hey Cam, can you make this for me? This, uh, you know, promo video for this Bible study we're doing or produce this because that doesn't come from your passion and initiative and like your sense of what your purpose is, you're going to say to that person, yes, but, but you have to pay for it. Yeah. But here's the thing that sounds, that makes me sound like a jerk, but it's really <laughs> just because of like, if I didn't, I wouldn't have a business with a lot of these things. Yeah. So that's completely unrelated, I feel like. So to like drawing that line is tough. And just to, with what and I just do. to clarify for Cam, he he owns a company, Six Five Films. Yeah. He works for our church. Paid staff. Paid staff. So these are two different entities of your life. Right. You know, you're and not like when, you're not only a church staff person who's making videos for the church. You own a business that makes videos for companies and individuals. And, and making videos is not at all part of my job description at the at church. At the church. Right. Got it. But it is my entire business where I make all of my money. Yeah. To be blunt. So it's like that. That's kind of one of those things. Um, but it, it, I kind of want to go back to like the invite versus. Is that where you want to go back to? A little bit. Yeah, I want to go back to that, and I want to. I want to hear a little bit more about how you define what ministry looks like for you now. Mm-hmm. Like, we, like I think there's we you had the initial moment where you you had your your initial moment of ex- like following the lord because he encountered you and you realized that he was real you had the moment where andy invited you to to fill in or really he asked you to do something and then travis invited you yeah. to be a part of a ministry within the church yep um 
And, and so your expression of ministry was serving as a volunteer for years in the, in that ministry. And, and what, what does ministry look like for you today? And, um, what keeps you there and why, why do you do it today? Yeah. So let me jump. But we can, if you part, have more to say about the difference between ask and and invite, invite yeah, I think I think that's worth dis- dissecting a little bit more. Yeah, I think so because I think like what I I want to get the point across is like something that I tell my tech team all the time is I'm like sometimes somebody just needs to be invited. You know, like some people, I bet I bet you there's a situation where people would love to be a part of something but just need to be invited right you know what i mean like i i wonder what ministries and volunteers specifically within those ministries would look like if we just invited people where that gets different is like i feel like asking somebody where that where that like because inviting and asking can be looked at the same thing like what i mean by that Mm-hmm. is like hey will you do this this and this and then like hey can you like keep doing this this and this and like is there willingness behind that and also like i think just in the way that you ask it is different you know what i mean like hey can you like i i think you honestly said what i was thinking way better than i could say it in the sense of like hey can you come and do this or like, hey, would you like, like, I would love for you to be a part of this. Right. It's, it's all about a big invi- invitation um, in- also includes vision and purpose. Sure. Um, like, and there's, there's something larger to be a part of rather than, man, we don't have enough camera operators. We need a body in this spot. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Um, which is true sometimes, but it's it's not the same. It's not the same posture of inviting someone into something that has purpose and team or. Um, yeah, but also just think about the difference. Like, like think about in high school when I invited that kid to come sit at our table. That's what you could be doing for somebody in ministry, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I, that's where my kind of ministry situation started. And then, be, bless you, Grady. <laughs> I don't know if they picked up on the mics or not, but then I heard it in my headphones. But then it became like people asking things of me all the time. And that's a fine line to walk, if that makes sense. Would you say you had to learn how to walk it? <laughs> I'm still Listen learning to the how to learning walk it. to walk podcast. No, I'm fully still figuring that out, dude. I've only been doing this for, you know, I think I typically when people think of ministry, like I'm in baby years still, like so, I'm learning how to walk. Let me ask you this. I know Zach threw <laughs> a couple questions at you a minute ago, yeah. but I want to ask you this question because <laughs> that's a better question. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to troll. Totally. Uh, <laughs> so your your ministry now is very different than like how we would categorically think about ministry like from a like my seat where I'm a pastor, right? And I'm teaching scripture and uh, doing funerals and weddings and, you know, counseling people. Your minis- ministry, and I'm going to call it ministry because it is, mm-hmm. is producing Sunday mornings, putting together a lot of technical stuff. Um, what's, what's your sense of like calling into that? Like is, is what you're doing now something you just sort of you've stepped into and you're passionate about it. So you're doing it. Or do you feel a real sense of like, no, God has asked me and called me to do this Yeah, thing. Great question. So that actually, so here's what happened. I began, I began to have a, an incredible mentor relationship with Travis. The tech guy. Yeah. I don't know what he saw in me. I don't know what was going on from his perspective, but he very much took me under his wing quickly because like I I remember one moment, the first Sunday morning, like normal Sunday morning that I was on. Actually, that's not true at all. This was not the first Sunday morning. Um, Eventually, like I ran camera for like a year and then he asked me to be a video director 
on Sunday mornings. What does that mean? Like switchboard? Switching, calling the shots. You're directing live. Like, so you have a mic with your camera ops and you're telling them what to do, essentially, and calling shots. And you're running the show. You're running it. For yeah. Real. And yeah. when he asked me that, I was like, whoa. And I remember t- telling my parents that. I'm like, wow, he asked me to be a director. And at the time, I wanted to go to school for directing. And I was like, wow, this is all coming together, all this stuff, right? I was stoked. Um, and I remember we had this conversation and he was like, he was trying to tell me the purpose of a director, but he's very much an audio guy and he like couldn't articulate what he was trying to get across. I was like, you're trying to tell the story of what's happening on on Sunday morning. You're trying to tell the story of the song or whatever. And he his face just like lit up or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, what was your question? Sense of calling. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So had this relationship with Travis, all this stuff. Travis then moved. And... For a lot of people, it felt like the world was ending when he when he went up and left. <laughs> Travis, <laughs> like for me, it did not feel like that. I was just bummed that like my friend was leaving. Yeah. Um. And like I I think even before that is I've always been pretty tech nerdy. No. Like I've always no. like uh, either torn apart computers or like just mess with stuff and. All the stuff, like I don't know. I've always just been kind of. I, I just had this image of you, like, you know how like the bodybuilders rip a phone book in half. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I have in my head is like an old Mac monitor. Just, like, ah! yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it was when I was yeah. like twelve. I was yeah, um, dude. But always been nerdy. I've always been into cameras. Always been into computers. All that stuff. Um, Zach had this lovely idea of telling the higher ups at our church this to Zach? Hi- this Zach this to, to hire me as the tech director. Which their response was hilarious. Yeah, man, is no. <laughs> They're like, I ain't doing it. Um, then they hired me, which is just hilarious. They made the right decision. I'm thankful they made I that think. decision. It, it changed the course of a lot of things for me. But anyway, I think what was cool is like when I was faced with that opportunity, it was uh, would have been the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of college. I decided not to go to college. Uh, I was working for a local production company doing video. Uh, Did that for a year outside of high school. Left and decided to start my own company. And had no clients. Had nothing to do. Basically. And then this opportunity with the church comes up. And like... It was the perfect storm of like, I'm passionate about ministry and I need a job. Because this is a job that I was not qualified for. This is why the higher ups told Zach no. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I had no experience. I, I know video. I knew video well. Like, I, But still, I was 19. Right? Like, 18, 19. Yeah, I think I was 19. You get hired by a fairly substantial church. Yeah. I, at I 19 think years old. Technologically, probably the most advanced in the state. I would have by said. By a long shot. <laughs> like, I might time. have said no, too. Now yeah, I would Like, now I would never say no. But and you're that old. I mean, that is why lot. they. I don't know. That's why That's a lot did that. to put on your shoulders. I'm glad they did that. But I am too. But here's the thing. Like in the sense of calling, I was like, uh, when I was approached with that opportunity, I was like, no brainer. Like this is what I'm passionate about. Like I'm called to do ministry, and I didn't even care what that looked like. But I just knew I was supposed to do ministry, right? Mm. And I was like, maybe this is what that means. I think at that time. And does that? kind of answer your question a little bit right yeah i mean we talked uh last time about circumstances and discerning Mm -hmm. and this is very much i think one of those moments where like what like you just said you're passionate about it and the circumstance came about yeah it's great to walk into it like the open door was there for you yeah it was it was perfect to bring those worlds together and it was scary because when i i had no experience all the stuff i actually had some really tough relationships with some people on the tech team um some older guys were like, I'm not following this little kid, hmm. which actually taught me a lot because I, mean, I have great relationships with them now. Yeah. Um, but it was a, a learning experience for everybody and all this stuff. And I came in on a whim, had nothing like they were talking about, like paying for me to go to school to learn how to do my job, like all this stuff. But I think what's so cool about it. And I don't know if this is like necessarily calling, but I think it, it very much speaks to the situation and like how God's hand was on it. Like, when I got into that job, it wasn't that difficult. 
to pick up everything and learn everything and then just take over. I just had to be a nerd and it worked great. Yeah. I mean, you had the advantage of having been in that ministry on a volunteer level. So you knew some of the ins and outs. Knew the people. You knew the people. And uh, it was in your wheelhouse of interest anyway, in terms of like film and technical computer stuff. Yep. Beep, boop, 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 yeah, just being know. a nerd. Yeah, yeah. that's great. So, I, I and I, I commend you for that. I mean, to walk into a situation like that at that age, especially with people saying, "Who are you? Who yeah. are you to do this?" Yeah, it was that's tricky. Not easy. It was tough. How did you? Not to mention, Travis was unbelievably good at what he did. He is one in a million, as far as the audio world. And then you have me, who just was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, but I didn't know anything. <laughs> like, yeah, did, I would be concerned. Did you ever find yourself comparing yourself to Travis and doubting, discouraged? I wouldn't say doubting or discouraged, but like scared probably. Because I was like, if something dies with audio, I don't know how to fix it. You know, and, but here's the other thing. I learned by doing. Like 100% I learned by doing, which when something like I also consider myself a professional Googler, So like when something would break <laughs> in a time crunch, I'd look it up, figure out how to fix it and then move on. Yeah, that's just kind of how I'm wired. You know what I mean? So <laughs> what I don't think I was ever really like this guy before me, blah, 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 because I think what gave me confidence is Travis wasn't very good at video, but he could get it done. Just like I'm not very good with audio, but I can get it done. But I'm good at video and he was good at audio, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like two very different worlds, but it helped kind of equal the playing field a little bit in in my mind at least. Yeah, and do you um, consider your role at the church as your only outlet to do ministry or is there, do you have other things that you feel like you're called to, to be doing? I mean, you kind of alluded to the fact that you, this and some of the things that we're doing is part of what you feel called, but like, yeah. So how does that all fit into, to, to how you feel called into ministry? Yeah. So that's the other thing about ministry for me is the job of the church is not the end all be all at all. So the the other big thing that I do is obviously I'm a filmmaker. I've been I've had a video company. I've done literally everything under the sun as far as videos go. Um, oh, we should talk about that. We got to talk about the Haiti movie. <laughs> we got to come back to that because that was huge. Yeah, I think we're bumping up on time. I know in the we next are. little bit. So I'm gonna yeah. we'll yeah. do it quickly. But that's in, that's kind of important. I'd like to hear about that. Yeah. Okay. No, but go with go with what you were saying first. Okay. Sorry. I should have planned this out better also. I wouldn't be jumping around We're so not much. about planning. Can yeah, no, we don't plan. We don't plan. Um, well, the big thing that I'm doing now is I'm working for this pro motocross and supercross rider, which obviously I'm very passionate about dirt bikes. I said that earlier, so it's really coming together. It's awesome. Um, supercross is a lion's den. It is gnarly. Like, it's just gnarly. Like? Culture, like. Competition. Between people on and off. Honestly, dude, it's like party hard. It's like just the culture. There's a couple of people who like claim to follow God and they're like the biggest jerks on the track. And then there's like everybody else is like, this isn't real because you can get the same experience doing drugs. Like it's just, it's crazy over there. Mm. And that makes me want to be there even more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you love drugs. I just, they're the best. No, so it's, <laughs> it's actually really challenging. Like my last Supercross season was challenging in a lot of ways. Um, just to stay on point and like stay on mission and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. But I, I'm very excited that like I, the way that I see it is like the Lord has given me like the whole filmmaking talent I guess or whatever you want to call it and I'm able to do ministry through that 
the church is one of those things. Supercross is one of those things. Like the other, like I've made countless ministry videos, one of which that I just alluded to. I went down as a senior in high school, made a documentary, full documentary in Haiti. That totally changed the course of like, I can make stuff that matters and I can tell stories that matter. And you know what? That's what I'm supposed to do. That is part of the reason why we're sitting here mm-hmm. is because the Lord put on my heart in a very practical way. So practical that he just showed me was like, I ended up in, I almost turned around. I was at JFK and I was like, I'm not going to get on this plane. I hate germs. <laughs> like I'm not going to go to a third world country. <laughs> this was pre COVID plane. This was pre COVID. So pre real. Like, and I was like, no. I'm not going to go to Haiti. What am I? I'm crazy. What am I doing here? I almost packed old, up and went. How home. old were you when you went to Haiti? I was 18. It was senior year. Yeah. And I was, I've always been a germaphobe. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> I was, episode I was 34. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Episode 34. Yep. I was ready for COVID when it came. Um, but like, I feel like, I mean, that's why I do that. That's why I do ministry now. Right. I, I told you why I first got into it, but like for me now, it's like, we can actually like tell the greatest story that's ever told. And I've been given filmmaking as my outlet to do that. And that is all facets of filmmaking. Yeah. That's making secular videos and having conversations with people while making those and that's making ministry videos where we get to actually tell you know the story of jesus and stuff awesome yeah i'm gonna stop talking now that's why i do well let me let me just ask you this one question as we come to a conclusion here cam um what do you hope people after hearing your story and sort of the thoughts around your life and how you got to where you are what do you hope people take away from from what you just shared i think to be honest is like, I, th- I just think we need to invite people, dude. Not ask people to be a part of things, but invite them in to like your life. If you're if you're living a life and walking with the Lord, invite people into that. Because like even that kid who said that thing, like, oh wow, that was, you're such a Christian. That's because he's he was a part of my life mm-hmm. and saw the way that I lived my life. Mm-hmm. I think a call to ministry in its most basic form, like when I was in high school and I first started following the Lord, is just live life with people, but live differently, you know, and invite people along with you on that. Yeah, that's good. I think it's because at the core, I think it's it's easy for for especially us who've been in vocational ministry for a while to to forget that we're all called to ministry, um, whether you're getting paid for it or not. And, and that, that is, that's at the core of what, what we got to do is just invite people into, into that and that be our ministry. And just knowing you cam and, you know, sharing your story, um, the foundation of your ministry, despite it being so technical and like, Hey, we've got to achieve these like goals and make sure the camera shots are right. And all that, is the relationships yeah. like your team, mm-hmm. the people you're in touch with. I know you've served with the youth ministry as well and are involved in other areas and mo- super cross it's relationships with those guys. And the foundation of what you do isn't necessarily, Hey, I have to do this technical job. It's, the relationships. Yeah. That, that's a vehicle for it. I'm significant, happening. especially with my job at the church, I'm significantly more passionate about the relationships I have with my team than the tech itself. Yeah. Which may scare my boss, <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully it doesn't. Well, I won't tell him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, let, let's wrap it up there, guys. Cam, so appreciate you sharing your story. Um, thanks for watching or listening. However, you're, you're engaging with this. We'd love to hear your thoughts, um, follow us on Instagram at learn to talk podcast. I think that's what our handle is. And, uh, you know, you can message us. That's, that goes right to us and, and we'd love to chat with you. Uh, Cam, thanks for sharing. Next time we're going to be talking about this guy and why Zach Stevenson is in ministry. So, uh, tune in then until then 
uh, just have a good life, I guess. <laughs> good talk. Thanks. Learning to Talk podcast was produced by 6-5 Films in Burlington, Vermont. If you enjoyed our conversation, make sure you find us on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. And like, comment, subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at Learn to Talk Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon.